0: How's it? This week, we're joined by Tyler Tokioka, Chairman of Island Insurance. Island Insurance is one of Hawaii's largest locally owned insurance companies. Tyler is a great mentor and resource for me, and we always have robust and fun conversations about all kinds of stuff. We'll chat about what he sees out in the community, the future of Hawaii nonprofits, how Hawaii can reshape our economy, and of course, the Honolulu mayoral race. See, all kinds of stuff. Please support the podcast by subscribing, rating us, and maybe even donating. Mahalo for joining us as we come to you from On The Rock. What's up, Tyler? Hey, how's it going? It's going. How are you doing?
1: Uh, surviving. I'm well, going <laughs> to make, make do.
0: Well, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. I mean, we can start there because you're in the insurance business and basically your business touches every other business around in the state, basically. Right. Or could touch almost every other business. So definitely. What are you seeing out there? Like in a, in a broad stroke, what, what, what do you see happening in the community? Um, Especially because a lot of them are your clients.
1: I think it's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of angst right now. Um, I think with, the fact that a lot of people don't know, you know, are they going to be open? Are they going to be closed? You know, when are we going to reopen? Uh, I think it creates a lot of uncertainty and I think uncertainty causes angst for a lot of people. Hmm. They want to be able to have at least some idea of, okay, you know, under what conditions will you reopen? Is it going to be five people? Is it going to be 10 people? Um, Is it going to be a 14 day quarantine? Is there not going to be a 14 day quarantine? I think all these things, the more levels of uncertainty and then the, as quickly as it can change, right? Because initially we were you could have people up to 10 people, then it got cut down to five. And then two days later, you know, after two days, it was said, oh, never mind, we're going to just we're going to force everybody to be at home unless you consider considered an essential business. And then, you know, then you had to go through the process of determining are you an essential business? So, again, the the less uns- the more uncertain there is, I think the less, the more people don't know what's going to happen and they get anxious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, in fact, just today, um, I was checking online because I got to go buy some fishing stuff. But mm-hmm. fishing stores, I think they're considered essential because most of them are still open. Um, yeah. I guess because it's providing food. People can use it to provide food or, or whatever for their family. So, they're considering... Right, right essential so it's just a very um it's a real gray unknown idea of what is essential and what isn't right so yeah i get that uncertainty how do you think um in general the community has responded
1: um i think in the beginning the response was really good you know back in march and when, yeah. we, had, when we had to really shut down I think everybody took it to heart and listened and you you know you saw the results the numbers were down Uh, we were able to keep it at a reasonable level for what six weeks or whatever the period of time of measurement was um but i think at that point likewise people were starting to get ready like get 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 me out of here you know i'm going stir crazy i cannot handle being in the home but then i think our guard we let our guard down you know, like the uh, governor and lieutenant governor saying and mayor and then you know we didn't take as much care as we should have i think people weren't wearing the mask they figured ah, you know it's okay and we didn't understand how easy it was to spread and especially those that were um asymptomatic yes you know because those are the ones you cannot tell right and i think likewise there was a strain on the because of the, the lockdown i think there was a strain on those that the families that were trying to earn income to be able to survive. So those that if you were earning money, you wanted to try to make sure you could keep getting that money earned so that you could pay for food or rent, electricity, whatever it may be. So if you were a little under the weather, maybe you took a chance because you couldn't afford not to get the paycheck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think you layer all that in as time goes on, more people are willing to they they have to either they have to go or they're more willing to take the risk, and that's where the spread occurred yeah um and and now we're paying paying the price for that spread, and I don't know that it you know I don't know at what point we may be able to get control of it, you know hopefully with this mass testing, it'll give us a better idea with um better contact tracing again. At least we'll know where some of the hot spots are. So how do we, you know, how can we try to keep people from uh, spreading it to the extent, you know, keep them quarantined, keep track of them that they are quarantining. I think that's all the key parts.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think, well, fortunately, I think what also helped was in that first initial period, the federal government kicked in the additional unemployment benefit. So a lot of people Mm -hmm didn't feel the pressure to have to go to work just c- and if they're feeling a little sick but i think once that kind of ended in when was it june june july yeah. or something around there then a lot more people needed to get back on the horse and start working and that might have mm-hmm. put them back into the community even if they were you know asymptomatic yeah, yeah. it's a it's a troubling thing um you know i'm from Hilo, and helo's having having a little spike too so It kind of worries me because, you know, it's harder in Hilo because it's just a very older community. You know, I think there's a lot more older people there. So Mm -hmm. been kind of warning my parents like, hey, stay home, just send my sister out. She can get (laughs) sick. Just kidding. Uh, I've been just telling them to stay home and be careful because, you know, it's it's kind of scary right now. But um, do you think... um, the response that we're having now, as far as the additional testing, maybe the contact, additional contact tra- or actually discovering that the contact tracing wasn't quite where it was supposed to be and fi- trying mm-hmm. to fix that. Do you think it's too little too late or you think we still have a chance um, acting this late in the surge to to kind of get it under control?
1: Uh, I, I would say I don't think it's ever too little too late. Uh, it's just it's just not how much time you're willing to take to get it to fix, right? I think if we had been able to do it earlier, again, maybe the, the, the amount of time to recover wouldn't have been as great. But I think now, you know, doing what we're doing, okay. It's just gonna take a little bit more time to be able to get those numbers down. Again, get a better understanding of where I think the hot spots might be or sure. who, who might be creating those types of hot spots. You know, uh, I think likewise we gotta be a little bit more and, and and this goes on all of us, right? We got to be more practical as far as what we're going to do when they start to loosen things up. Yeah. You know, as the, as the bars go open, okay, you know, can just have everybody jump in, you know, as much as we want to, just can't do it. You know, yeah. you, you got to wear the mask and, you know, and and keep the spacing.
0: Yeah, and it's I funny. If we, if we do it. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I mean, and you and I saw each other in a restaurant right before The lockdown started to kind of go back into place but i always felt like the restaurants and i'll still say it like the restaurants were felt like the safest places that i've been to since we kind of reopened um i felt like a lot of them were doing the right thing as far as the ones i visited like they they spaced us out they put you know barriers in between tables um if if can um but, yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see I know um I, but you guys have been busy right I mean insurance companies have been kind of a little more busy than than normal
1: uh no I don't know that we're more busy than normal I think we're we remain about the same about the same uh, we, yeah because we've been fortunate I, I think in the sense that um you know as you would anticipate as people drive less you're not gonna have as, as many auto accidents oh that's true um, but the ones that we have seen, they are more severe, you know, they they have been a uh, few more fatalities <clears> as a result.
0: Maybe cause they're speeding. Cause it's more wide open or just, I, I, I think
1: drunk I, driving. I would say <laughs> speeding. No, no. I would say it's just, uh, they're not as careful oh, because, I see. because it is wide open. Right. You know, you don't have as many people on the road, so you don't, you're not trying to lock yourself into the lane per se <laughs> as precisely. That's true. Uh, so, that makes sense. So I think it's just a little bit here and there. Um, and then I, I, in some cases, I think speed does play, you know, it is wide open, so if you can go maybe a little bit faster than you would comfortably go. sure. And then something, you know, that, and that's what causes the severity of the accident, you know, it's a lot more, uh, uh, it's more severe than it was initially if you're going normal speeds. But um, but yeah, so we haven't been seeing more per se, but it hasn't really been less either. It's been sure. Not- it's just
0: balancing out for fewer, fewer, lower yeah. volume, but more severe types of yeah. claims. Uh, interesting. Well, you and I always talk. We always talk and we always have different ideas about all kinds. We talk about all kinds of stuff. But I wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts as we open up. Um, and it's kind of the talk has kind of died down. I haven't heard as much about diversifying the economy lately. Um, I think everybody's just worried about China quell the the spike and then get to a point where we can kind of reopen again Mm. but initially coming into like february march i mean maybe like march april a lot of the talk was okay tourism is is definitely impacted it may forever be impacted we may not be able to have that kind of number safely ever again so we have to Mm. diversify what do you what's your thoughts on how we can diversify our economy and maybe you and i can just start there and then we probably will go down a rabbit hole eventually but yeah what's your what do you think we got to start doing here to kind of start diversifying our economy
1: um i think it's just figure out where or how we can get uh i guess more and more people employed in different aspects so it could still be tourism, but it'd be different types of tourism, you know, I I think you've heard that people doing ecotourism, uh, ag tourism, things like that. Um, but in addition, I think, uh, one thing that we could really probably, uh, build off of is the, um, diversified agriculture. I think, you know, that's something we definitely want to try to, uh, increase or improve upon. Um, just because I think, uh, we got to create some sustainability and, and be able to survive if and when we ever get cut off. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to be isolated completely, but if there is ever some kind of, um, event where we, we lose some of our shipping, you know, we're going to have to be able to, uh, survive and, and provide food and, and sustain some, some, something for our people in sure. our community. Um, I think then, you know, then you then you layer on top of that, like, how do we try to encourage and get um, our younger kids, the next generation, to want to continue to work here? They don't want to, you know, they I don't think they want to necessarily work in, in hospitality 100%. You know, they don't want to do farming necessarily. But that doesn't preclude us from being able to do tech, technology jobs, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, you don't have to necessarily physically be... On site anymore, and, yeah. and I think that's one of the, the things the pandemic has proven is that there is a lot of stuff you can do work from home. Yeah, and you can you can be in Hawaii but do work in LA, doing work in LA, Japan, you know, Australia, all over the place, Germany, and it's just that you're based now now on in a or yeah. you know some on Hawaii, Big Island, wherever it may be. Wherever, yeah. I mean you that's know, so I actually
0: think, interesting too because you think about it. You, we always pitch Hawaii as, uh, I mean, it's expensive to live here, but that's like the paradise tax, right? You You pay, you, it's more expensive to live here, but you get to kind of live here. But that might be an interesting approach as far as keeping talent at least on island. And people can mm-hmm. still work for companies that aren't based here, but in this new sort of tech economy where we're all remoting in, Maybe that becomes the norm where you can actually live here but work for a company on the West Coast or or something, right?
1: Yeah, but then if you if you factor that in too, though, right, is it that much more expensive than living in Silicon Valley or New York City? Actually,
0: no, not not Silicon right. Valley or New York City, right?
1: And, and and those are the those might be some of the jobs you might be trying to attract. Is those types of people where? Now you get to now you get to live and work in Hawaii, you know, you may not have some of the access to entertainment and um, other things that that other perks per se, but you can raise a, a, a family that's perfectly fine here, you know, you get the, the nicer, the better weather. Um, i would argue better people
0: <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, hey i have a few few continental listeners they might get mad when they yeah, hear stuff well, like that.
1: W- w- more the aloha spirit you know the so, three, so the not three
0: if- of them on the continent that probably listen okay. to this thing might get upset but no i mean that makes sense because I, I, and i my counter argument to the entertainment thing yes we don't have like awesome you know like broadway plays don't come through a lot and you know we don't have professional sports but on the flip side, your entertainment here is based on being here, so you're outside, mm-hmm. you're in the water, you know you're hiking you you know like for me, the kind of person that wants to live here understands like I might not have that nightlife, but I'll have the daytime life that yeah. you know is is what fits my my lifestyle right I mean, that's an interesting thought I mean, and one thing I will ask you, you mentioned tech. Um, and this is kind of how I think you and I first met when I worked, actually worked for you guys. Mm-hmm. So for the general public, I've had two stints, three three stints with Island 2.
1: I think up. at least two.
0: At least two. Possibly least three two. if you count like the merger and all that stuff yeah. like, you know, that happened. But basically, I've had a couple of stints in... island insurance family of companies and the first one was in 2007 and um, at the time act 221 um, was was the vehicle for creating some of these tech companies and obviously once act 221 kind of sunset a lot of those companies didn't stick around because there wasn't a a benefit it wasn't viable they weren't really viable on their own they were viable because of the, the tax credit so what kind of lessons did we did you guys learn, especially being a, a Act Two Two One credit um, user? Basically, what did you guys learn from that whole process, and could that work again if we if we tweak tweak that model a little bit?
1: Um, you know, I don't know that the mo- the model actually didn't work. Cause oh, okay. What what Act Two Two One allowed us to do is it allowed us to get into the market. You know, so we were able to establish ourselves. Uh, in the tech area, uh, and from there, with the right acquisitions and the right uh, groups joining us, we actually are in, in a fairly good position now to be able to uh, try to increase, I think, what we can do in the tech sector, um, and, and that's without Act 221, right? So I think 221 allowed you to get your feet into the get into the game Sure. Now, if you're already in the game, then I think that's you're fine because you've got like the, you know, some of the other organizations that are that are fairly robust and doing things, you know, like Oceanit, you know, you got these. Yeah. uh, Because they're they're well established. There, I don't think you're worried about two to one as much, but two to one definitely gave us an opportunity. Um, and and then again, it's I think it's just a matter of leveraging it to to where we are now
0: well i mean a lot of this, uh, not a lot a few of the companies that you guys started during that time are still or at least kind of still around right or some of the consultancies and stuff like that they're still they're still working right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so we we were able to grow uh you know we brought on um centric computers yeah so, that, so that, that allowed us to, to that's join. That's my uh, round two
0: with you guys yeah. <laughs> send your computers. <laughs>
1: yeah, so we, we, we were able to build them up. So that gave us entree to the the, the small to mid, yeah, uh, area as far as uh, servicing individuals and other customers. Yeah. Um, then uh, the Oracle guys came on board. That's right. So that gave us that gave us a large enterprise solutions that we could offer. Um, then, <clears throat> then we brought then we were able to hire some. Uh, high caliber people to help organize us. Yeah. To the point where, okay, now we start to build a, again a, a little more structure to the program, to where we are today, um, where we can offer all all solutions from base to enterprise suite, and uh, I think now it's just a matter of building upon that. You know, taking opportunity again where we can. Yeah, that, it
0: was a. Uh it was a super interesting time that first that first go around with discovery box um i learned i learned a lot working at that entity i mean and i learned a lot as much as i learned in the beginning part i learned toward a lot toward the end when we were shutting down that was a good process i mean it wasn't good in that sense because you know we did shut the company down but i did learn a lot about you know management and you know, I had a I had a small team under me and I had to, like, communicate some of the stuff that was happening. And that was like a a pretty valuable lesson for me early. And I was like 30, I think 30, 30 years old when I, I had that position. So like it, learning how to tell them, like, hey, as of May, I forget the date already. I, I forget. I, I had it burned in my brain before. But like, oh, mm-hmm. as of this date, you know, our company is no longer going <laughs> to be around and that was a interesting exercise for me to have to go through at a young, a young age. But mm-hmm. I learned a lot. But I also learned a lot because it put it put me in a different business scale. I think prior to that, I was very local, right? Working for right. I was at title guarantee, local customers, you know, very local base. And then once we mm-hmm. went to Discovery Box, now I had to like wake mm-hmm. up at like four or five in the morning to talk to people in new york but i also had to stay online till like 6 p.m because our developers in like the philippines and and um mm-hmm. i think we had some in india but mostly in the philippines are starting yeah. to come come on in the morning in the afternoon so it was an interesting time uh, do you think the state should consider some kind of legislation to kind of spark some of this up coming out of the the pandemic? Maybe uh, maybe a altered version or a or maybe it's just taking two two one right off the shelf and trying to trying to bring it back in?
1: Uh I, well, no no doubt if the state could help in the right ways. <clears throat> and and that's always going to be the caveat, right? Is how do you implement it so that it doesn't get abused. I mean and, and I think that's where two two one kind of slipped was yeah. that it, it got you know the, the movie credits really got eaten up and then um, you were able to leverage the credits so that it you know it became multiples of more than two to one you know yeah. you could get four five six to one depending on the right deal yeah and it was and it was a movie it was a movie product that, yeah. or a TV product uh, which didn't necessarily uh, measure up to being technology related Um yeah. But I, I think if if done right, it, it, it could. But likewise, I think if we can get other organizations similar to what with island holdings, you know, we do. Uh, you got even like the Surf Coast of the world, um, the banks. I think if they can leverage people appropriately and properly, we can do the same thing. Um, where, um, and we're not going. We're not supposed to win everything. You know, you're going to make the mistakes, and I think that's where. Like you said, That's where you learn. Yeah. You know, if we can, if we can get the younger guys to come in, take chances, and say, okay, you know, let, let's help you build up. And you know, if, if you win, you win. Um, and and we have, if you have, if the companies have the ability to take those types of chances, uh, let's learn the lessons and let's let's try to build upon it. And then, if we're wrong, we're wrong, but it's not going to kill us. Type of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then the the individuals that are participating, the, the, the growth is exponential, yeah, right. From what they've learned, uh, and then you go to the next step, and and again, not everybody's going to work, uh, but it helps people find out where their passion is, and then they're going to finally land someplace where what they really want to do and what they can really contribute to our community gets built.
0: Mm. No, that makes sense i mean well even when we were at hoike so mm-hmm. you know that was the company that well discovery box, uh, yeah see it was very i don't even remember like all the complex structures they were but there was hoike and discovery box box was like a part of hoike but um it was always clear made clear to me that discovery box was the the home run swing so it was mm-hmm. that long shot the long shot project that if it if we were successful and we got done what we were supposed to get done and -hmm. get out to market, it could have, it could have been huge. Um, We were the big swing, but there were, there was like the consultancy part of Hoike, Mm -hmm. which was the very singles, just, just consistent, small, small ball, but just getting hits, making money, not huge chunks, but just profitable and making money. And then you had, like campus stocks, which was somewhere kind of in between us and uh, us in the consultancy. But I mean, it was a smart, that's that's what I mean. I learned a lot because I learned how, like when you have a suite of even now in nonprofit programs, or if you have a suite of companies or services, like to kind of set things up so that one is kind of consistent, but might not be like huge. But then mm-hmm. you, you, by setting those smaller ones up and making sure they're stable, you can take these wild swings and try to, like, get that big, big thing done. And sometimes you hit, sometimes yeah. you miss. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good learning experience. I, I learned a ton at Hawaii, and, and of course, like just all those people that I met there are now like killing it. And, you know, like they're all over the everybody's all over the place because <laughs> yeah. we were very young. Um, yeah. It was kind of par for the course that I was like a 30 year old you know part of the the management team that was kind of like consistent across the board i think maybe at the time ricky fujitani was like the oldest guy there and he was like yeah. maybe 50 at the time you know like oh, not even yeah 40 in his 40s maybe or something yeah. yeah right he was still pretty young yeah. and he was probably the oldest guy there so it was a it was a super interesting time yeah i have i have good memories that's why when it closed i've never Mm -hmm. i never had like a bad feeling about it because it was it was pretty fun while it lasted and we kind of already knew it was a a long shot so that was fun yeah i'd like to see some kind of um you know it would be nice to have some legislation come out to kind of spur some Mm -hmm. growth in some of these sectors because you do have like um Blue Startups and, you know, yeah. Elemental Accelerator kind of kind of laying some groundwork for some of these companies, yeah. um, you know, well, even like Sandbox too, right? yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneur Sandbox, Accelerate mm-hmm. Hawaii, Salt Ventures. All these guys are kind of seeding some of these companies, but to give them a little more wiggle room and support to kind of take on investment, maybe to to get them to kind of grow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. The, the whole movie credit thing was where I think that's probably why they let it sunset, right? They had to kind of, yeah, they, they yeah. realized they were losing a, a ton of money on it, right? Yep. Yeah. But then again, it did kind of create a whole industry. The whole film industry kind of grew from that, right? I mean, I, I'm yeah. guessing we wouldn't have Lost. Lost wouldn't have filmed. Some of the movies wouldn't have filmed if they didn't have all yeah, of these. Or even like the
1: TV, right? Magnum P.I., Yeah, Wi-Fi, Magnum all. P.I.
0: Are they still uh, leveraging it? Are the, are no. Still-
1: it, well, it, it, there is some leveraging, but it's not to not nearly it, I think at best it's two to one.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it's, it's it's not the multiples. <laughs> um, but we did. I mean, for, for our company, I think we did learn a lesson too, uh, which was good. And the lesson we learned was that um, if possible, we shouldn't do it ourselves, hundred percent. Gotcha. We 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 got to get partners. So that's why, like, what the state is or I guess what they're trying to do with the heart and the rail, you know, if they can do that uh, PPP or private partner partnership, though, I think not a ton of people, but more than just yourself. If you get one, two, or two or three people involved, then three people are trying to make it succeed versus just one. Yeah. Uh, So that, and and I think that's where we made a might have made a small miscalculation. Is it trying to do it on our own?
0: Yeah, because it was a hundred percent. on their island right yeah yeah and that's a huge investment because i mean i i think just us alone discovery box was a pretty big investment but like and we were the small one right i mean we were the we were the tiny team because we you know we were we were Mm -hmm. far away from being hitting what we needed to hit but that makes sense i mean if you could have gotten
1: more people then again and then if it doesn't hit then everybody, you know, to share pain by by more than just one, right? Sure. So.
0: Yeah, and it's easier to absorb, right? Like as mm-hmm. far as as that hit. You think you do? You think some of the local entities, especially now with COVID happening, are more open to kind of those partnerships? Because you know, there everybody's probably a little more hurting than normal, so it's easier. Or do you think you're going to see less of that coming out of this?
1: I think th- Personally, I think we have to partner more. Okay. because otherwise, I think there's not going to be enough um, enough people being able to want to support and survive if they do it by themselves. You know, it, it, and it's similar to a lot of like how some of the really you know our, our great uh, chefs started out it's, it's never on their own, right? You know, mm-hmm. they provided the sweat equity, but they needed help with financing, so they would get they would get, you know, seed funding from one or two people, um, and then family would help them after that, but uh, that's how they developed, and then they built up the brand, you know, that's, then the Roy's got really big, yeah. the, you know, the wong got big, the Kodama's, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to, I mean, I'm with you on diversified ag, especially for food security purposes, I think we have mm-hmm. to create a little more of our food locally um especially you know like it would have been super bad if um or uh, lane not lane what was the last one that came through douglas was the yeah. last hurricane douglas no was it
1: douglas
0: uh, <laughs> i can't even remember one of them it man. feels like it was 10,000 years ago but the the hurricane yeah. that just missed us like only a month or and a half ago or whatever it would have been mm-hmm. bad if that hit yep. and everybody was, you know, in lockdown still. Yet, um, it could have been it could have been really, really bad. And I think we're yeah. we're always one bad hurricane away from mm-hmm. being in the weeds. So yeah, having having a little more food security is good. What do you think it'll take to get some of these? Well, I, I mean, I coming from the kupu side, I understand the the labor part. And you're going to have to get kids, especially kids, younger people, because I think the average age of a farmer right now is somewhere in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get some kids interested in farming. And some of them are. How do we get them to to actually start farms? I mean, what, what do you think we need to do? I, land is just not that cheap. That's why here in Hawaii. Yeah,
1: so maybe, you know, it might be where we have to carve out certain areas specifically for farming. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess i heard back, to, back in the day, you know, uh, was it Molokai was like the breadbasket for all of Hawaii. Okay. You know, And so do we, you know, make certain areas like Molokai becomes not necessarily the breadbasket for the state, but, you know, they have quite a bit of, of property that maybe we can try to, figure out the right ways to ooh, uh, farm. And then it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily need the same amount of farmland anymore, right? Because yeah. I think with technology, you know, what, what's what been done in Japan with the micro farms, yep. uh, same thing with Korea, you know, are there ways to leverage that and even do some indoor farming where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you adjust with going, multi, going up multiple levels yep. and farm, right?
0: I mean, I think there's an opportunity given the impending commercial real estate business. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, with with people kind of closing, um, I think there's going to be more vacancies as far as commercial space. And you might, I mean, the warehouse farming is a big deal in Tokyo or around Japan, I should say. Right. And I think I think there's no reason. Maybe that's a maybe that's a project, you know, US Japan Council we can kinda start yeah. working on to to link up Hawaii to some of these indoor farmers because I think it could be especially here on Oahu, um, yeah. you know, there is no real available land to farm or the big chunk of it's owned by Monsanto or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, some big entities that probably will not give it up. So maybe yeah. we gotta try and get some indoor vertical farming going and
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's interesting. Speaking of USJC, so another question I was yeah. gonna ask you. You and I are super involved with the the Japanese community. In fact that's probably how we why we talk so often. Okay. But what do you I mean COVID COVID from a nonprofit sector standpoint, uh especially if you're not in like health services or food, some kind of immediate response type of type of nonprofit, it's been mm-hmm. uh, not not hard, but it's been different. Um, yeah. You know, it's changing. And I would argue that a lot of these Japanese organizations, and in Hawaii we have a ton, we're already mm-hmm. headed toward, you know, leaner times because we're always asking the same funders. We all hit up the same funders like you guys, and yep. insurance or, you know, companies with like Japanese roots are the ones we always right. hit up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see for our our community going forward as far as organizations and you know how, how are we going to sustain? What do you think needs to happen?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know that everyone's going to want to hear, but there's gonna have to be some consolidation. Mm-hmm. I mean and, and and it's not necessarily just the Japanese organizations, I think just the nonprofit sector in general. Sure, I mean, especially here, I mean we have they they're every it's not everywhere, but there's a lot. There's a lot um, and they're all specialized, right? Yeah, you know, they, were, they, were, they were created because there was a, a unique need that somebody wanted to be able to address because it wasn't being addressed to the point that they wanted it. And so they, they formed this nonprofit to do so. Um, and it was successful <clears throat> to some extent for that localized group or that, that specific area. Um, but now. Times have changed. Well, the pandemic has created different a different time, yeah. where we don't have as much available resources to be able to fund everything and every everyone. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have to uh, become a little more focused in, in what we want to try to accomplish. <clears throat> and so, if I go with the let's go to the Japanese side specifically, at this in this situation, how many organizations do we really? So, can we really support and? you know how many of them are doing very similar type of activity so you look at jash they you know their primary purpose is education which to some extent dovetails with the japanese cultural center that's trying to promote culture yeah and then you've got the us uh, usjc i'm not usjc but the UJS.
0: UJS. Which is yeah. the so many acronyms. You
1: the, yeah, so you've got the you know, United Japanese Society, which is promoted Kenji Kais and yep. trying to maintain connectivity to your prefectural uh, ancestry. Yeah. But again, can uh, some of them bring, be brought together under an umbrella where, okay, you may not have four, three or four, it may be two. Yeah, and they're going to address this. They're going to address that. Um, something similar to what happened with the Japanese Chamber of Commerce, right? As far as why the cultural center was created, yeah, was that back in the day, they re- they they came to the realization that culture was going to be very important to retain, in the sense that they wanted the community to retain its values, mm-hmm. but likewise have some semblance of culture that they could that others could draw upon when they became interested. But that wasn't something that the, a chamber of commerce could do on a regular, on a full on basis.
0: Sure, that the missions are different.
1: Right, their function is to generate commerce in yep. industry. So they said, well, you know what? We're gonna help create a cultural center because we don't wanna lose that aspect of our society. So let's donate the land to create the, the, the actual physical presence. And so that was, was that's what they created. Um, fast forward to today again, is it, is it a hundred percent relevant? You know, the yeah. chamber of commerce, the cultural center, is there some, you know, do we almost go back to the old format where do they actually, are they almost one in the same in the sense that we're promoting a connection to Japan? Uh, but we also want to facilitate uh, the sense of values and culture that helped to to promote and, and uh, allow uh, many of the AJAs to succeed, you know, to the level that they're at now. But how do we now make that more relevant to today's time? Mm. Because, you know, there are very very few full Japanese, right? You know, oh all, yeah we're all you know mixed in, in one capacity or another sure um so well, if, not,
0: if not um by 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 our biological mixing just our cultural mix yeah is very diverse i feel like i'm you know i i'm more connected to the japanese culture now because i did the whole junior chamber culture mm-hmm. center thing but but i'm i feel more connected to like local or even hawaiian culture than I do, okay. you know, like back in the day, I think now it's about even, but, but anyway, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. No. I
1: mean, and then yeah. even some of the stuff that we, we perpetuate from uh, our, our own uh, practices, you know, the the Obon dances, um, uh, what is it, the uh, New Year celebrations and things like that, yeah. if you go back to Japan proper, you know, we're always not always, but we're often told that they don't practice that stuff anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so there. And but the key is you got to understand why you're doing it. You're not just sure. doing it to do it, right? There yeah. is a, there's a reason that you want to perpetuate and continue to, these types of activities to be supported. Um, and a lot of it is just more. Um, I think bringing families and and people together so that they can share in certain types of activities. That's why the you know mochi pounding, like you 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 had indicated when we talked to earlier. You, you have a family that just you know they come to pound mochi, but it's yeah. it's not just two or three people. No. Talking masses of, of yeah. groups of family, but it's a, a way to bring the family back together at least once a year. Mm-hmm. So um the the older generation and the young generation get together, share stories uh you know reconnect right yeah i think and, I and think there's that's knowledge we got, we transfer that
0: happens which is important Yeah, because the the elders are kind of teaching us how to to do the operation you know like it's it's kind of mm-hmm. like that whole connection part but yeah I, I mean i i kind of agree with you on the consolidation part of me thinks that the reason why we have so many orgs is because back in the day some people couldn't agree and they ended up breaking off and starting their own kind of organization. But, you know, we might be at the point where that has to get put aside and we will have to have to join up. I mean, some of these orgs could be programs under a bigger organization, right? Um, You know, like, I mean, I, I hate to use UJS as an example, but that connection could be a a part of another that could be a program under another org as far as managing some of that prefectural connection. Um because it's just hard I mean most people don't even know what Kenjinkai are anymore. Um if you if you say it, you know, like it's pretty yeah. it's pretty rare. I think here is a one. Huh? So that's
1: why right, you got to figure out ways to revitalize them. If if in fact you want to. I mean yeah. there also may be that you don't want to, right? Sure. But there may be ways to try to uh revitalize what's being done so you know and yeah hiroshima is one of the larger ones but the largest is really Okinawa.
0: oh yeah God, yeah right that's, I mean, that's right. huge and they're having their uh festival this weekend yes yeah. yeah online which should be interesting um you know i i think i'm gonna miss my andagi this year or i don't know yeah, no i question. think they were thinking about doing some pickups but i think they scrapped all of that but
1: I cannot mean, because to, of the um the lockdown yeah
0: but to go from like a i think they said they had like 20 at least 20 000 people come through the the festival a year at least if not Could more be. yeah yeah. you know like between the two days or whatever it was you know like tens and tens tens of thousands of people come through and to go to online it's going to be uh We'll see. I mean, we know a lot of people, we we mutually know a lot of people working on that. So I'm interested to see how it goes. I'll try and support. I'll have it on and try and watch as much as I can. But yeah, I think in general, you're right. Maybe the nonprofit sector does have to consolidate. Um, even for my day job, I know there's a lot of orgs that do something similar, um, similar missions, um, all slightly a little different. But in general, the mission is kind of similar. So yeah, maybe long term you'll some of the ripple effects, long term effect will be some of these orgs will kind of um over you know, kind of collapse into each other and, and mm-hmm. merge. And but that that should be interesting. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things going forward. What else do you see coming out of here that we, we should be taking a look at besides nonprofit, besides food?
1: Oh, I think you gotta I think the area that we have Probably aside from food, I think sustainability, alternate energy, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're a natural for it, right? Because we have geothermal. We have the ability to do geothermal. We have the ability to do wind. We definitely can do solar. So uh, potentially we could do even a uh, wave, right? As far as, so I think that's another area where Hawaii could become uh, a natural leader in technology. So again, you know, it, it, a lot of it will come back to tech type of act- activities where we can build up the expertise that can be shared with everybody else, and and, and if we build up the expertise just naturally, we have ways to you know, and, and you know, I'm not necessarily a proponent necessarily of um, what is it uh, with the farming and using you know the what is it the oh, I forget what it is, but uh like what monsanto does right oh like
0: gmo stuff yeah yeah
1: but the reason a lot of they like to do a lot of stuff here in hawaii is because we have the right weather sure you can do you can run multiple crops
0: yeah year-round the seed farming yeah. yeah
1: yeah so again there's an advantage that we have that we need to try to utilize to the best extent possible that can help foster and and make the community prosper together sure um but yeah, so I think just the alternate energy is just a natural extension.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because you say that, but yet I think on the veto list for the governor is one of the, the bills about like China, make sure that all state buildings over a certain square footage is renewable by I think 2025 or I can't remember the date, mm. but um, it's hard because I feel like the, the one thing, well, I guess with agriculture, too, because you have some, um, you know, regulatory things, you have some some things that kind of make it difficult. But the clean energy part, I think a lot of it's hard because, and not, nothing against HECO, but we depend on the public utility for the infrastructure. So I know mm-hmm. for a fact, like a lot of the reason why not every house can get solar is because of the the way the grid is is set up, right? It's not... Yep able to to take that but you know i really would think it would be up to some of our our government or partly on the government to make it affordable or give give hiko the push it needs to kind of put in the infrastructure so that we can be running you know a rooftop solar on every building or 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 whatnot but yeah it's an interesting thing i always like talking to yo yo kawanami about Mm, power stuff i mean he, he talks about power and I, I, it gets me going because it's it's insightful to see all the moving parts with, with electricity, um, mm-hmm. and especially electricity generation. and But that's where we can lean on. I, I, that's where I get excited about U.S.-Japan Council, too, because, you know, a lot of the partnerships that we can use are companies that, you know, Japan has a lot of the same issues as we do. Their island, they're resource mm-hmm. resource restricted, right? So there's a lot of commonalities as far as like power and food that could be really shared as far as knowledge.
1: Yeah. But even like with you know, if you were go to if you were to go to full sustainability, like and I've this is where I guess I I am not necessarily hundred percent, you know, I, I do.
0: I think you and I've talked about this, but about this. share your thoughts because I think it's an interesting stance on going hundred percent um sustainable or yeah because you know someone
1: grid. goes says they want to go off the grid right um and then they're gonna they don't want to pay any connectivity and all that other stuff well that's fine and dandy for some that can and that have the means to do it sure but come push come to show let's say um the a hurricane does come through right and the the means with, with which you're generating your power is no longer there.
0: Get your your what, your
1: panels get ripped off your your so, so, something you know right. Yeah. It doesn't it just so you're not generating any power anymore. Well what what are you gonna do?
2: Yeah.
1: And so people rely on the fact that they have some connectivity, so they they are going to rely on a utility like Wine Electric to provide them with power in an emergency. Mm-hmm. So to be able to support that. You cannot just get it for free and you, know, you can't say, oh, well, I'm, gen- I'm going to generate all the power I need. So I'm only going to pay $18 a month. Yeah. Well, $18 a month isn't sufficient to be able to maintain a full grid so that the times when I'm not generating enough solar power, I have the ability to pull yeah. whatever I need from heco Yeah. Right. Um, and then likewise... You cannot just 100% rely on solar because, you know, let's say we run into that time where you have the, what is it, six, 40 days of night rain. rain? Yeah. Overcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember that. Time. <laughs> there's no power being generated then or very little again. So, you know, those people are saying, oh, well, yeah, but I'm connected to the grid. So, yeah, why electric? I'll pay you now, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why it's fun talking to Yo because he does demand response and he always talks about like even just in a normal day and Mm -hmm. Hawaii has a lot of clouds, right? We have trade winds, there's clouds. He's like, it can be sunny one minute and then a big cloud mass goes over the sun and all of a sudden production for solar drops and people's meters stop spinning backwards and they start to spin forward because they need to pull. Exactly. you know we need to he's like it's not as as easy as flipping on a light switch and turning on the generator to to meet that need mm-hmm. right so it's a lot more nuanced but the other point to your yeah i i you know i used to be hardcore like oh yeah it'd be nice to be off the grid but then when you and i talked on time and you mentioned like you know going off the grid also means that it's good for people who have the money to do it but once you if you don't what's going to happen is the people who can't afford to go off the grid yep. will end up taking on more of the cost burden to to mm-hmm. to fund eco So it actually negatively impacts, you know, communities that cannot afford to to yep. jump on solar, right? They're going to have to pay more because the cost mm-hmm. doesn't change. And once you framed it yes. like that, I was like, oh, okay, crap. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> it doesn't make sense to go full off the grid. You know, like you still got to have that minimum amount you, you pay to HECO every yeah. month that kind of keeps everything employed, all the lines nice and tight, you know, all that kind of stuff functional. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, it's, and it's similar to even, um, the, our, you know, everyone complains about the conditions of our roads, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the way that we pay for the, the maintenance of the roads is through our gasoline tax. Yeah. For the most part. And you start doing, you, you, you drive an electric car. You drive a hybrid, yeah. You, use less you gas. You a hybrid, and you're using less gas. True, but you're still using the road just as much. Yeah, right. Um, so there has to be that balance. You know, people have to understand if you if you want everything to be maintained, if you want to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, there's a cost. This is this is a natural inherent cost. Yeah, and we've got to figure out what what's the right way because you don't want to again. The idea is not to burden somebody just because. They live in Waianae, they don't have a choice, and they have to drive all the way into town. Yeah. So, you know, if it was supposed to be a, let's say they're going to do a usage tax, right? A toll road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that fair to me? Because I, not that I choose to live, I mean, I, I kind of choose to live there, but yeah. I'm also there because of, of, of equity. I cannot afford to live closer. Yeah.
0: Or anywhere out west side, like if you put yeah. any kind of toll road tax and it's cheaper to live out there you're going to actually it's you're you're wi- wiping out the cost savings of your house if they do kind of some kind of usage tax or toll road right yeah, yeah it's an interesting problem um you know i, I don't know I, and that's where it gets a little you know part of me is is it's it's nice not to have a lot of tourists in town right now it is nice yeah. yes. but at the same time i understand how much revenue not just for the hotels or for businesses that it generates but how much tax revenue
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: tourism generates and that's that pays for a lot of things to so to not have that tax revenue is 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 a little tricky um yeah but yeah i i'm you know it's it's one of those things i think about it a lot but i still can't come to like a a good idea or answer i think I think it's going to take a lot of these, like, I think we do need to look at just trying some of these projects out and seeing, you know, like how it works, especially like food, food production or energy production. Um, You know, like even, even, you know, luckily on Oahu, we have H power, right. Mm -hmm. We can burn our, our garbage to kind of create energy, but I don't even think we leverage that quite properly. You know, it's not, it's not always running at a hundred percent because we're not we're not trained like in Japan to sort our trash by combustibles and not non-combustibles mm-hmm. so that sorting gets put onto the city to sort and that takes extra time so they gotta they gotta get all your garbage then they gotta sort your garbage yeah, yeah. and then they can throw it into the incinerator which just it makes it more expensive right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah I mean it's uh, it's a lot of issues <laughs> it's a lot of issues bro. <laughs>
1: Well, that's why you just gotta do. You know, it's all baby steps, right? So yeah. you're not gonna try to get rid of. You know, if people wanted to reduce our our dependence on tourism, it's gotta be a gradual thing because you've got all the hotels. You know, they're not gonna be able to just turn a, a switch and say, "Okay, well, I can shut. I can go to fifty percent of capacity." No, it's what are you gonna do with the capacity then at that point? Yeah. Um, and well, that- just yeah. Th-
0: you know, you mentioned the hotels. Sorry to, this this something just popped into my brain too. you mm-hmm. as an insurance company, how does it work? How did? What's your guys' thoughts on like vacation rentals, especially illegal vacation rentals? I mean, how do you insure insure that, or do you insure that? Do they even take out? Do people even take additional insurance on some of their Airbnbs?
1: Um, the ones that are supposed to, yes, they do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's uh... a good answer. <laughs>
1: And, and then those that are those that don't there is a risk that they do take because I, I you know if we can figure out if we can determine that the it, it was not necessarily an insurable loss because they were doing business that they're not supposed to have been doing. okay, then there's a potential for um, denial
0: of, 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 of a claim. okay
1: I mean hard to do not, not to say hard to do but not always going to happen, but it is. There are chances because there are certain exclusions for types of business you know you're not allowed to run a business in your home yeah and so running a, running a airbnb uh not quite legally you run you run a risk
0: well i mean you talked about you know capacity like i always yeah. feel like you know the reason why we got up to that high visitor count wasn't because we added more hotels because we haven't built in a hotel in about 10 years it's because of all the you know vacation rental airbnbs VB, yeah. vrbo's all that stuff that popped up but i'm guessing if they're just grabbing regular home homeowners insurance and they're not but they're running an airbnb then if something happens they can not get covered right basically
1: yeah but and and, and honestly it, insurance is not that expensive sure if you're, you use know, and the risk that you're exposing yourself to doesn't make sense not to get the right insurance coverage
0: (laughs) but but you guys can't cover it if they're not officially permitted to do that right or you guys can or you can cover Um, it as a business you can get regular business insurance they
1: they can get regular business insurance Uh, um they just they just won't tell the the state or the city that they're (laughs) running a business (laughs) and so they might lose some. they might and then I guess the the real way to catch most a lot of people is really through their tax returns I would think. Yeah, cuz they got to claim know, it you, somehow. You're gonna, yeah, you're not going to screw around with your taxes, right? Cuz then you really get jammed up.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense, but no, nah, I mean that's a lot of tax. I guess you would have to have suspicions first so you can narrow yeah. down your search and then take yeah. a look, but yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge huge fan of of Airbnb. Although I like the service myself, you know, using it when I travel <laughs> to other places. Here in Hawaii, yeah. I, I don't like it because I feel it, it kind of messes up our housing market. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel it brings a lot more visitors to the islands than we can actually handle or are yeah. meant to handle. Um, so it, I think it has a negative impact, but yeah, I'm not sure. But it is a good way for people to generate income. So, I, I mean, I, I get it, especially if they're yes. doing... Um, Airbnb where they're, they're still living in the house, but maybe they're renting out one of the rooms or, you know, Mm -hmm, then I can mm -hmm. see it kind of being okay. But when it's somebody on the mainland that bought a whole nother house just to Airbnb because, you know, the investment works out. They can make money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. Um, well, it's look, we almost had an hour, but I I did want to ask you about, um, especially the mayor's race. Um, We're down to Blangiardi and Amemia. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on 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 the race? You don't have to give me who you're who you're backing, but what are your what are your thoughts? Oh, if you want to, that'd be great. I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I'm still relatively undecided. I kind of figured it was going to be the two of them making it through from the primary, mm-hmm. um, I, and now that they have, I, I gotta start kind of thinking about. Who actually I I, I want I'm, it's like every day I wake up it's it's a different it's different so what's your thoughts on the the whole mayor's the mayor's race
1: I think it's going to be a real interesting race uh, there are very different dynamics between the two uh, I, I I will be honest I I am supporting Keith Amemia
2: mm-hmm. for
1: multiple reasons one um, well, he's my classmate so I want to support <laughs> him in that respect. Uh, he also worked for us for a little while. He was yeah. with Island Holdings. Um, so I got to, you know, as a result, got to know him well. Uh, and, and I know him well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he brings to the table is, uh, and, and, and I was, you know, I, rather than what he brings, what, what I would show is when the when everyone came out with the races and Van Giardy entered the race, he had quite a, a lead on Keith. Mm-hmm. from just the polls, right? You know, they said that Blangiardi was, I don't know, 28% or whatever it might have been. And Keith was down in the, the low teens to mid-teens. Um, but fast forward to the election, um, Keith was right up there with Blangiardi, but Blangiardi didn't increase his, his, his poll number that much. Gotcha. you know he pull, he pulled it maybe again maybe he might have stayed at 28 percent but Keith came up to about 27 26
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I, I think what that shows me is that Keith is willing is able to draw from other constituents um, when he first ran, my concern was that his pool was fairly specific because of his work with HHSAA yeah that you know he had a lot of ties to the sports community but would it translate to other f- sectors of the community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what I've realized is that um, because it, 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 and you know, part of it was because of the sports side, but it, it intermixes with all aspects of our community. You know, it cuts through all the community, all the economic uh, groups. There's the the, the 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 lower income as well as the higher income individuals because a lot of them are all playing sports. Yeah, um, and i think so he has the ability to bring people together um likewise if you look at his uh, supporters a lot of them are the younger the mid to younger age individuals versus uh uh they're all they tend to be on the older side uh so you know what do you what do you want in your administration do you want not same old same old but you want older guys that are going to they have their opinions already set they're going to do what they're going to do or do you want somebody that's going to come in with a, a fresh attitude uh, different perspective he i I'm, I'm sure he's going to bring in some people that have, have worked uh in the administrative within the the, the framework prior but it yeah. won't be 100 so they're going to have some expertise to rely on but they're going to come in with a way to potentially really build upon uh, what the community may need and bring in some different perspectives. Yeah. So again, you know, if you want to change out the reliance on tourism, they might be able to come out with different ideas. How, how to, you know, generate new forms of business, different ways of increasing income without necessarily increasing property taxes per se.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, yeah so that's I, what I kind of stand.
0: I think, I, think um, I mean, the one thing that's, kind of levels the boat of them for me is both of them as far as government i mean although keith worked for the high school sports association mm-hmm. they're relatively inexperienced so either way i think it's going to be somewhat fresh to get um new perspectives either one um mm-hmm. i do like rick's business experience i mean obviously he's he's been a successful executive for a while but Mm -hmm. as we're seeing with the presidency well i wouldn't call trump a successful executive (laughs) but being a business person doesn't necessarily always translate to being an effective government leader um but yeah it's 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 tough i i i know keith only a little um mm-hmm. mostly through through you folks you know like the okay. japanese community stuff that i would see him at but i never really mm-hmm. talked to him before um i know he's very capable especially with what he did with you know the high school athletic association right. he really did build that thing up quite a bit and he mm-hmm. was that was what over 10 years ago so yep. he was a he was a pretty younger younger guy in a pretty big role uh for the state so um But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I I think either way, we'll get some fresh ideas. That's, that's what the hard part. I think either way, we're going to get some fresh ideas. It's more of yeah. maybe it's boiling down in my brain to style or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what that might mean. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting race. Um, are are there any other ones that you're watching right now? Oh, I I haven't been keeping up besides the marriage race
1: i mean not too much locally i think the one that's everyone's focused on is just the presidential yeah race, right?
0: so. but that should be interesting for especially for the local races because anytime there's a president big presidential election the turnout is is a little bit different yeah. right but yeah i mean it's uh it's 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 going to be an interesting race that one I'm i'm still i'm hoping to get both or either on you know someday to talk stories hmm. but yeah who knows Brian? i'm small fish so i don't yeah, know if they would. Nah. But, <laughs> but yeah what what's the i mean you are supporting keith what's the one mm-hmm. thing that you don't think people know about him maybe his style or his work style or whatever that you know that will is something that people should think about that maybe they're not quite seeing yet
1: um I think it's really his ability to pull people together. So you know, he may not have 100% expertise in in in, in what he, in in certain areas, but he's able to galvanize enough people together that whatever he's weak in, they'll 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 fill that gap, hmm. and then he'll listen he'll, and he'll listen to what they have to say, um, and more times than not, he'll make good
0: decisions, (laughs) Uh, you know, not not hundred percent. We don't always make good, nobody always makes good decisions.
1: Yeah. But I think, I think it's his ability to listen is something that I don't think everybody fully understands or appreciates.
0: I think that's the one big, one concern I have with Rick is that, you know, he's been, uh, an executive, right? Top, top dog at his company. And when you go into a government, that's, you can be the yeah. top dog, but you're, you know, you have a lot of other people that have say. you have unions, you have, you know, yeah. council, you have checks and balances, yeah. council, yeah. all that stuff. Can you, can you govern, right? Can you, mm-hmm. can he govern? Can he, you know, that's, I think that's what I go back to with him a, a lot, like as far as a negative or a, not a negative, a unknown, like, can he, yeah. can can he shift from that business perspective of I'm the boss, you know, and I have the final say to, okay, I yeah. am the boss as mayor, but really I have, I have the, I have a final say, kind of, I still have to get council approval. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. all that other,
1: other people have to buy into what I want to yeah, get. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't just yeah. say this is what's yeah. happening. Like you know, but not saying that you do that at island insurance, but you know, you (laughs) could do that at island insurance if you wanted to.
1: Oh no, it wouldn't be good too, but you you have to once in a (laughs) while.
0: Yeah, but I last question. I mean, you used to go out to almost every event. I mean, like, Uh if there was not even just the Japanese community stuff, like because you were so you're so involved, and island insurance is so involved in the community. I think at everything, anything I went to that was some kind of benefit or fundraiser, regardless of what the cause was, you would probably be there. How's this been? How's 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 life been now that you all that is all canceled and out the out the window?
1: Well, so two different things. One, it's ruined my golf game because all the golf tournaments are <laughs> yeah, closed. That's true. You now. had
0: like. What well, at least one a week probably during the summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, during the summer on average one a week. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've actually ended up saving quite saving quite a bit of money. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't have the dinners to go to, so I'm not There's the silent auctions, not buying extra uh, stuff, just 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 this that and the other thing. But um, but it's forced me to figure out other ways to support these nonprofits.
2: Because
1: hmm. I, I I mean, you know. You know, not to make light of things, but you know, yeah, the dinners were the dinners, but they need they, they were they were there for a purpose. Yeah. Um, so now it's how how can I support them in the same capacity, not in a hundred percent the same capacity, but I got to be able to get uh, funds to them because it's it's this thing has changed things so dramatically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the other thing that I that I missed because of that is. Um, I'm not able to connect with everybody on a regular basis. Like you said, you would see me at all of these dinners yeah. or at these golf tournaments. Likewise, you would see, cause you know, there'd be at a minimum it's the
0: usual people. It's always, yeah. It's the,
1: well, it depends on the event, but minimum yeah. 300 people to as much as a thousand, right. Yeah. You would see and, and, and reconnect with and keep touch with. And that's what I've lost mm. is that I, I cannot, I don't have the ability to, to meet them. And it's, zoom on the phone is not the same as talking to them in person going yeah. off to the side saying hey you know how's it really going yeah you know,
0: yeah stuff. yeah. and i'm sure like yeah. you know a lot of and in hawaii you know i think a lot of people i i, I don't know might be in general but i know for sure for me my experience is a lot of times the last that last mile of a business deal or um you know, a relationship like solidifying something happens at like some of these events. You know, like it's yep. like, hey, I got a, i forgot I don't I didn't forget about that. I'll call you up or I got it on yep. my desk or, you know, it's and you can kind of work out like final details because it's sort of in a non threatening environment and semi off mm-hmm. the record. So you can kind of work things out to make sure everything's all smooth and, you know, so yep. yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like I don't I think for me it was tapering off like from my days of being super involved in community stuff. Okay. Um, like there was a point where it was pretty regular going out mm-hmm. to at least one one or two a month going out to things. But um, yeah, I, I guess you, I do save a little bit of money, not bidding on silent auction stuff and yeah. buying lucky draw tickets and whatnot. But yeah, not seeing everybody has been kind of interesting, but. Mm-hmm well hopefully hopefully we'll get back Back to something soon um but hey man i appreciate your time um and um stay on and i thanks for coming on and spending some time with us
1: thank you for talking to me